there. Thanks for joining us on The First Fill to get some quick notable updates on the 2023 standards of care in diabetes. If you want us to dig a bit more into these recommendations, let us know in the comments when completing the CE evaluations. My name is Q Nguyen, and I serve as the Director of Content Development here at APHA. Before we jump into it, I just want to note that I will not be saying what the 2022 recommendations were, only the changes for 2023. All right, so number one, there's now more emphasis on supporting higher weight loss based on the efficacy of and access to newer medications when appropriate. A moderate weight loss of around 3-7% to of the patient's initial weight can improve glycemia and other cardiovascular risk factors. However, a sustained weight loss of more than 10% can bring about more significant benefits, including disease-modifying effects and the potential of remission of type 2 diabetes, leading to improved long-term cardiovascular outcomes and mortality. I listed these together as type 2 diabetes commonly coexists with conditions such as hypertension and dyslipidemia, which are risk factors for atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease or ASCVD. Diabetes itself also confers independent risk for ASCVD. Controlling and addressing multiple cardiovascular risk factors simultaneously provides greater benefits. Now, heart failure is another major cause of morbidity and mortality from cardiovascular disease with rates of incidence of heart failure hospitalizations being twice as high in people with diabetes compared to those without. So getting back to our multifactorial approach to reduction in risk of diabetes complications, at number two, we have hypertension. There are new hypertension diagnosis cutoffs and therefore new goals. Hypertension is now defined as a systolic blood pressure of 130 or higher or a diastolic blood pressure of 80 or higher for individuals with diabetes, both type 1 and type 2. Now, this is consistent with guidelines from the American College of Cardiology and American Heart Association, as well as the International Society of Hypertension and the European Society of Cardiology. So the on-treatment target blood pressure goal is less than 130 over 80, if it can be safely attained. Number three, New lipid management recommendations suggest lower LDL goals for high-risk individuals. For primary prevention, now bear with me. For people with diabetes age 40 to 75 at high cardiovascular risk, high-intensity statin therapy is recommended to reduce LDL cholesterol by 50% or more from baseline and to target an LDL cholesterol goal of less than 70. It may be reasonable to add adazetamibe or a PCSK9 inhibitor to the maximum tolerated statin therapy for those at higher risk and not at goal. Now, if the patient is older than 75, it may be reasonable to continue their statin therapy if they're already on one or initiate a moderate intensity statin after a discussion, of course, of potential benefits and risk takes place. However, for secondary prevention, this is a big change. Okay, so people with diabetes with established ASCVD, a high-intensity statin is recommended to target an LDL goal of less than 55. So again, for secondary prevention, the target LDL goal is less than 55. The cholesterol treatment trialist collaboration conducted 26 statin trials and they found that there was a 21% reduction in major cardiovascular events in people with diabetes for every LDL reduction of 39. 
However, the most significant evidence to support the lower LDL targets is derived from various large randomized trials that investigated the benefits of adding non-statin agents to current statin therapy. Now number four. For those with type 2 diabetes and established heart failure with either preserved ejection fraction or reduced ejection fraction, a sodium glucose co-transporter 2 inhibitor or SGLT2 inhibitor with proven benefit is recommended to not just reduce the risk of worsening heart failure and CV death, but also to improve symptoms, physical limitations, and improve quality of life. So use those SGLT2 inhibitors. And lastly, number five addresses chronic kidney disease. It is important as CKD due to diabetes occurs in 20 to 40% of cases. SGLT2 inhibitors are recommended in patients with an EGFR of 20 or higher and a urinary albumin of 200 or higher. Also, a non-steroidal mineral corticoid receptor antagonist, specifically phenironone, is now more widely recommended along with other medications for cardiovascular and kidney protection rather than previously as an alternative. However, it should be used with caution due to a risk of hyperkalemia, but it can be used with SGLT2 inhibitors. And that's all that we have time for. Thanks so much for joining us for the fifth installment of this package. If you enjoyed these episodes, let us know and share what is top of mind for you. Don't forget to go to APHA's Learning Library at pharmacist.com to get your CE.